0: Welcome to episode 224 of the Women of the Military podcast. This week is part three in our series focused on women's health brought to you by Healthy Women. And this week's focus topic is on women's health and when it comes to missions, trainings, and deployments. I'm excited to talk about this topic because I think it's another important topic that doesn't get discussed enough, and in today's interview with Pamela Price, we talked about some of those challenges that don't get talked about enough and how important it is to open the door to conversation to help make things better for both women and men in the military when it comes to hygiene and health. Pamela is also an Army veteran and shared a little bit about why she joined the Army, and today she works as the Deputy Director at the Balm in Gelid, managing the various health initiatives of the organization. So let's get started with this week's interview. Welcome to the show, Pamela. I'm so excited to have you here.
1: Thank you for having me. I'm excited as well.
0: And you are an Army veteran, so we're going to start with a little bit about why you joined the military, but we're really here to hear your expertise as a nurse and talk about deployments and missions and how women's health relates to those things. So let's start with, why did you decide to join the Army?
1: Yeah, so I wish I could say that it was because of this like overwhelming sense of patriotism, <laughs> <laughs> to serve my country, I wish I could say that. But the truth of the matter is, I grew up in a really small uh, city in Texas, uh, and after kind of realizing that going straight from high school to college was probably not going to be the best avenue for me, I think I had I was just worn out with school <laughs> at, at that point. I realized that the military would give me an opportunity, A, to see a world outside of what I had grown up as, at least that was the the dream. And then it would also afford me an opportunity to be able to afford to go to school when I felt that you know I was ready. So those are the two driving factors as to why I... You know, joined uh, initially enlisted, and then once I got in, I'm like, yeah, I could maybe do something different if I switch over to that other side and go to nursing school. So that's kind of how my journey began uh, with the with the military.
0: And it sounds like the military gave you what you wanted. It got you out of the town that you were in, and it also gave you opportunity to go to college and get your degree, and then you continued to serve as a nurse. So that's really cool.
1: Yeah, and to serve, ironically, yeah. So I got to serve my community, I got to serve other the soldiers, I got to serve other people in my capacity, both while in the military, and then the things I learned that kind of shaped me while being in the military has allowed me to continue, yeah, to be able to serve in a way that initially, yeah, I, I didn't put those two things together when I first was coming in.
0: Yeah, and Normally, we would keep going and talk more about your experience, but we're working with healthy women, and I think what they're doing for military women is amazing, especially as a veteran, and I love this topic of focusing on missions and deployments and things that you need to know because uh, things aren't always so sanitary out in the field, and so I think it's something that I haven't ever talked to anyone about, but it's definitely a needed topic to discuss.
1: Absolutely and and you're absolutely right. It's one of those things that you know our hygiene, like it's it's an everyday thing. like we've been taught since we were kids to wash our face, brush our teeth, you know to to make sure that we put deodor- you know things on so that we're not running around <laughs> you know unclean, uh, you know, so to speak. And so it's it is some kind of ironic that in the military space, that we don't really talk about it in that sense of thinking about, well, what do I I need to do? Because we're in in very un you know common situations whether that's deployments that could be the training exercises that we go on and there are no running showers and there's maybe no running water there's a water buffalo that you know is used for a number of different things and so i think it is that's one of the things i love about healthy women and and being a part um you know the ready healthy and able program is because we're really trying to tackle these things that as service you know women we haven't had an opportunity or had the space to talk about
0: Yeah, for sure. And going with that, how important is hygiene to overall women's health?
1: I think it is important because it's not just physically. So if we think about the reason, one of the reasons why we have to practice hygiene, whether that's from just making sure we're keeping our skin clean, right? So we're trying to make sure we're getting rid of dead skin cells and not carrying those things around. We're trying to use hygiene as a way to prevent illness or sickness and things like that but our hygiene also is very much connected to our mental well-being and our mental psyche as well. When we, you know, for those who have served, when you are sweaty, you know, covered in in muck uh, and covered in, you know, unpleasant odors, you don't feel at your best, right? and so being able to make sure that regardless of where we are regardless of you know the environments that we may find ourselves in as we are serving to make sure that we don't forget how important our hygiene is even if we're altering the quality of the hygiene, because, this, you know, our environment may dictate to alter those things. We still have to make sure that we are talking about those, that we're bringing those things up to our command. We're bringing those things up with the soldiers who may be serving, you know, under us and think start thinking ahead of how can we make sure that our female soldiers are feel they are supported and knowing that's a priority. We want you to make sure that you keep, you know,
0: yeah, I never really thought about how a shower is like a mental health, you know, <laughs> like just thinking of like being really dirty and then finally getting to take a shower and how that's just kind of like a release of like, ah, and how I don't know, I never thought about how much that is related to your mental health and how important it is mentally, obviously physically, but mentally, that's really important to talk about.
1: Yeah. Yeah, really. So I mean, think about it. what, what you know, even now if we're in the shower, that may be your five, 10, 15 minutes to escape from whatever. And we do, there, there's a, um, it's the physical cleansing, but I also do like to think of that shower as a way of us kind of washing mentally away the day and preparing for the next day. And so I think, for soldiers who you never know what that next day may be um, or what's going to come with that next day, that's I definitely why I think that is so important that we, we don't, you know, forget um, about, you know, the hygiene, especially that for women.
0: Yeah. And we talked about mental health in the first part of the series and I linked to it in the show notes. So, I mean, mental health is so important, but it's amazing how mental health creeps into basic things like taking a shower and keeping yourself clean. So how can military women prepare before a deployment training or mission so that they can stay healthy?
1: I like to look at those things. And even when I served as thinking about, you know, being as prepared as I could and thinking about what are the things day to day that I use that I need for my my hygiene. Are those going to be available to to me when I'm on a training exercise? Will they be available to me on a deployment? If the answer is no, then I'm automatically thinking about, well, what are some alternatives to that? You know, again, I think we all know that showers are just not immediately accessible. That's just not a part of, you know, our, our lives and, and journeys as, as um, you know, soldiers, you know, serving in the military. You know, but are, you know, things such as the baby wipes, which are very, very common, but it's not strongly encouraged. Like it's not on a checklist. Like I remember getting checklists of things to make sure that you put in your rucksack or things that you put, um, you know, in your gear and hygiene items was really not one of those feminine hygiene yes they wanted to make sure that if we needed those we had those but outside of that i don't remember you know it being an emphasis placed on well what are the other things you should pack that should be a part of your you know hygiene and it was interesting enough that we the few times that you know things veered away <laughs> from just feminine hygiene products it was typically of what don't bring so don't bring things that have fragrance in them. You know, don't bring things that have strong, you know, scents or or odors to them, which I understand, you know, that's a part of it. But if you're gonna say no to that, then give again a counter to what are the things that you can bring with you um, to be able to still feel that you are, you know, being able to take care of those hygiene, you know, those basic just kind of hygiene needs. So for me, it's about being prep prepared. So thinking about your day to day what you use, what you have, is it going to be available? And if not, determining what that alternative is going to be. And then I also think about having, you know, much like what we would do with, you know, pregnant females, or, you know, if we're in maternity, they tell us to pat that bag, right? They tell us in that Third trimester. Pack your bag <laughs> that you're going to need in the hospital. And I think it's the same thing. We keep certain things and gear prepared automatically for when we get a call and when we know we have to, you know, um, be ready. I think we have to make sure that we are considering things that we need for our hygiene based on the environment of where we're going, and make sure those things are pre-packed, pre-planned ahead of time, so that we we have them. And then the other thing of that too, I think is being able to, you know, use our battle buddy systems for this as well. So talk with other, you know, female, you know, soldiers and ask them, well, what are the things that you, how are you making sure that you're taking care of this particular, you know, hygiene need versus that need? Because I think if we can create those safe spaces, then when we're in those environments, we don't feel, as if we are somehow different from our male counterparts that we need some kind of special you know treatment you know or a special place to to take care of those things if we are kind of coming together as a group to say no, we planned and prepared ahead of you know, ahead of time for this and it's all of us coming together knowing that, you know, we need this, then I think we feel less isolated and maybe it's even less stigma because I think that's also a big part um of, of this, you know, issue of, of female hygiene in these types of environment, that it's a lot of stigma still around that.
0: Yeah, that's that's really true because I think sometimes, you know, when you talk about women's hygiene, you focus on, you know, periods and things that make people uncomfortable, but you have to talk about these things because that's one of the hardest parts about, I think, being a woman is that you might not have anyone to talk about these types of issues and then you feel really alone and you don't know what to do and you, you don't even know what questions to ask to be able to get prepared to go overseas or to go on a training mission. You don't know. Like, yeah, so I, I think that's really important. What advice do you have for keeping your health a priority when you're in an austere environment or somewhere where you don't have the privacy that you would like? You know,
1: there's a there's a part of me that, again, I think it comes to like the stigma and and women being able to show up in these spaces and in these environments, the same as our male counterparts, and not fully having to Have that be at the forefront of our mind. If we know going in, we're going to be in shared spaces with with our male counterparts or with other individuals and knowing that that privacy is not going to be there. I think if we can start to create the environments to where women know that it is okay um, you know, that the privacy that, yes, you are going to lack doesn't mean that the safety left. Right. Because I think sometimes I'm going to feel like, OK, well, if I've got to be somewhere where I have to undress or just, you know, and so I don't undress or just robe or I don't fully, you know, take advantage of maybe that there is a shower, but it's a, a shower that's wide open with 10 nozzles hanging down and you got to run in and run out. And so I think making sure that there has to be some communication. Needed around those specific types of environments where you know that lack of privacy is not going to be made available uh, to women, and then again, how do you either use things like we already have like our our buddy systems, but really thinking about how do we support women to be able to embrace our bodies? I know that's a little maybe sometimes outside of the scope of what the the military tends to think, but they don't push body positive messages to females. And I think that also, you know, interferes with us feeling like, again, that we can come into those spaces, take care of our our hygiene business like we need to, and then move on to the next thing, because that messaging is not prominent. I think we are still wanting to you know, cover up and wear the big t-shirt while we're still trying to to shower and clean places underneath a t-shirt that you've been sweating in all day. (laughs) And it's like, that doesn't, that seems counterproductive to what you're trying to do. But a lot of the reason behind that is because again, it's that, you know, as a, as a woman, do I really feel comfortable in my skin as a soldier you know doing the same thing that other you know my peers and male counterparts are doing and I think we've got to make sure that we can figure a way to do that so you know and advice to women I think would be able to find your sister circle and we may be in units and a part of companies and and on posts or on you know assignments that we are it's very few of us but I think we have to make sure that wherever we get to those environments, let's find out where our, you know, sisters are. Our sister soldiers are is what I like to call them. Let's find out where they are. And then let's come up with a collective plan for maybe how we will use those shared spaces that lack the privacy. Is it a schedule that we can maybe come up with? And again, how can we rally around each other and support each other as females in this space? Um, and then hopefully get our male counterparts to, to you know come alongside us as well
0: yeah i have a lot of memories like i mean when i went to basic training and you know it was an open shower bay and like luckily you don't have time to think about it because they're yelling at you and like and so that kind of made me get over my fear of being in front of other women naked because i was just like ah yeah (laughs) Yeah, but but then like, you know, I haven't been in the military or, you know, you're not in that environment and it's still uncomfortable and it still could be uncomfortable even when you're getting yelled at because just like what you said, like self-consciousness and other things. And I think it's important to talk about it so that you can feel like safe. And that safety thing is so important. When I was deployed, we were bad and broke the rules. And when we would go on missions, we would try and get a tent that all... guys and girls could stay in together because then when I was in the women's tent there were like women from all different units you didn't get very good sleep but if we were all together we were all on the same cycle and I felt really safe in that tent and like I would go to the bathrooms and change or you know hide in my sleeping bag but I I felt really safe and protected by the guys that I was with and so it was a safe place for me and it was more convenient to be like on that same sleep schedule and get the full sleep instead of having to, you know, be in the women's tent where, you know, you have more privacy, but you really don't because you're with a bunch of women that you don't know. And so kind of even, you know, that makes it even more challenging in a different way. So, yeah. yeah.
1: And it impacts the mission. I mean, if you think about it, like, yes, we're talking about hygiene and those types of things, but You have to make sure that you're accounting for this because it is paramount to your mission and to whether or not it's successful or how successful it is. The morale, I think of everybody, not just the morale of the females, but the morale of the men, I'm sure would be more, you know pleasant knowing that you've taken care of those things that the females need to make sure that their hygiene is up to par. Um, I'm sure they appreciate that, even though they may not be able to voice it, (laughs) you know, fully. But I think, yes, I love what you just said about that shared space where it's everybody coming together, everybody's going to feel safe. Everybody can be on that same cycle. No one is, is, you know, maybe up at a different time that you don't really have to be. Um, And it really makes everyone, I think like we all should feel we're on, we're all on the same team. We're all fighting, you know, for that same mission. We're all trying to achieve, you know, those same goals. And so I love, you know, that point
0: they were like really like don't do that and we're like oh we're gonna do it anyways <laughs> and i understand like the military wants to keep us safe but there has to be like a balance between like you know mental health and what is the smartest thing for you to do and just yeah like halfway through the deployment we we're like we don't care we're gonna do this and <laughs> that's right. what we did and it and was it so much out. better yeah it was so much better so how can command teams support the support the health of their female service members? Um, kind
1: of piggybacking off, you know, what you were just mentioning about you guys kind of made your executive decision to say, hey, look, this is what we're going to do. I think it's actually, you know, command teams actually taking a, a pause, taking a beat, and actually asking all of the soldiers, male and female, what would make this type of environment more conducive? I think, too, knowing that we're going to have these spaces that we have to share or spaces where we're going to lack some privacy or challenges to making sure that hygiene, which is very different when we think about what's needed for men versus versus women. So I think having the command take a step back and to get that input ahead of time. You know, it's very interesting that that worked out for you guys to make that decision, but somehow it was against a rule that I'm sure the command had put in place. So I think having the command understand that as they begin to build rules, as we begin to put policies and certain things in place, that we do try and have that, you know, that 360 lens on it. I think our command sometimes looks at it from a very kind of one directional, you know, approach. As opposed to is there, are there elements of what we're about to get ready to do? Are there elements about this environment um, or, you know, this this training exercise that does allow for some bi-directional communication, exchanging of ideas, exchanging of of how things will be set up, exchanging of where we're going to put the water buffalo, you know, so I think. That's one thing I would definitely encourage, you know, our command teams to be able to support. I think another thing would be able to find a way to normalize those things that females have to do for our hygiene that's a little different perhaps from from our male counterparts. And by normalizing it, I think, again, making sure that we are having, you know, positive, affirmative messages. Again, have that checklist be that, that everybody's going to see And just have all the list on there of things that you know we should have. You don't have to have a whole section that's, oh, this is just for our female soldiers only. You may have some males who are saying, I want to also think about my hygiene as well. And it may be some things that the females are bringing or considering that I may need to because maybe they have some underlying health conditions that it's important for them to make sure that, you know, their, um, you know, hygiene is maybe a little, you know, more up to par um than usual. So I think, you know, creating, you know, shared checklists that are not gender specific. But just are for everyone. So again, that females don't feel like we're having to have some kind of special treatment or what have you. And then something else, I think that you know our command teams would do would actually be able to support you know either focus groups or support groups for the women, especially if they you know it's a very small cadre of women in your your company um, or in your particular unit. So I think finding you know female leaders in those uh, commands who can then say, hey, we want to make sure that we're having some group, t- you know, or, or, or support time, you know, for women, to have those more intimate conversations, where, like you said, women can then bring up those issues that you've been keeping perhaps to yourself. You didn't know who to talk to, didn't know what to talk to. And then I think having the leaders who are more, you know, seasoned, they've been you know, serving for longer, you know, periods of time to share their lessons learned. I had very few instances to where leaders who had been, you know, serving or who were much, much higher ranks, where I felt like they came and really reached back in an intentional way to say, let me share with you some of my pitfalls. They would do it maybe when it came to, you know, getting promoted or or things like that. But I wish it had been done to, for for my health and for for my well being. Like, if you want to stay in the military, if you want to retire, you know, from the military, here are some things that, as a a woman, that you want to you know consider about taking care of your body, about checkups or conversations to have with your provider. And I would love to see more of that from female uh, command teams.
0: Yeah, I really loved all those points. That's so important, and I think when like it was big army that told us the rule and like my commander was supportive of our decision he was in our tent and he was like yeah this this makes sense and so but then you get in the like non you know like no one wanted to voice that this was a problem and like bring it up so and be like well this is what we're doing and it's working and then them come down with a hammer so then it kind of makes it really hard to like having a space where you can like talk about these things and be open and not have to worry about like getting in trouble for you know figuring out something that worked best for you and your team yeah,
1: solutions should not be one of those things that you feel like, oh, I'm going to be penalized because I offered an alternative solution.
0: <laughs> right. Exactly. Yeah. And I think one of the reasons that I really like doing the podcast is cuz I get to hear stories from women and then women who are considering joining the military can listen to those stories and they can hear like advice and feedback from women who have done it and so hopefully they're listening today and getting advice and they can use that in their careers. So my last question is, we already mentioned the Ready, Healthy, ABLE program and how it provides resources to active duty service women and service members with female biology. And you are a member of the expert consortium guiding this work. Can you talk more about why Healthy Women started this program and how you all aim to address women's health in the military?
1: Yeah, so uh first I'm really just I'm honored to be working with healthy women on on the Ready Healthy uh and ABLE program. Um not only just as a a veteran or you know as a a prior you know service woman, you know myself, um but also I think again just thinking about we we make up a a good percentage of those who serve across all, you know, branches. Um, And when we um, or when Healthy Women started to look at some of the data around the health of women, why women were perhaps leaving and or exiting the military perhaps sooner than what we really, you know, wanted to. Like, I know I left for medical and health concerns that I felt my command was just not, um, you know, supportive of. Um, And I didn't feel like I had many other alternatives um, that, whereas, you know, had that been different, I may have stayed and been a career, you know, 20 plus career, um, you know, vet. Um, And so that was one of the impetus terms to kind of why, you know, healthy women started to think about, well, what can we do, you know, about some of these gaps in terms of not only resources that are available to active duty service women, but also those who are touching and interacting and engaging with our service women. So thinking about our military Providers and our treatment facilities that are caring for um, uh, women service uh, or servicemen or service women. And so that was kind of the impetus behind, you know, Healthy Women pulling this um, a consortium together, which is a very diverse. Amazing group um, of clinicians, advocates, uh, veterans, you know, those who are serving, those who are actually currently still working uh, within uh, our military and and healthcare uh, spaces to really think about what should these resources look like how would she how would we should package them and present them so that women feel that they are accessible to them. And really about giving and creating options for women, A, to start thinking about their health and prioritizing that health. Um, and knowing that by us being able to do that, we're not discounting the mission. We're not discounting, you know, again, the level of service that we want to be able to provide. But if anything, you know, the Ready, Healthy and Able is about service women being able to optimize every second, every moment of our service, so that it's not only benefiting, you know, the the army, it's not, you know, military, but it's benefiting us as well, both in um, a physical sense, a professional sense, and again, always in terms of just our mental, you know, um, well-being as well, and so that's kind of what the what the program, our aim is trying to address. And as you can imagine, it's a, it's a, a mirad of different health issues from mental health to our sexual health, which is another one of those taboo areas that no one wants to, to talk about, you know, to our gynecological, you know, health and, and urogenital health, our bone and musculoskeletal, you know, we're out here with those same, you know, 50 pound rucksacks as our male counterparts, but our, our bones are you know, different, (laughs) you know, um, genetically we're different. The program is really designed um, with service women in mind and thinking about how do we have these conversations and how do we support women and how do we support the command and the teams and individuals around these women to be able, I think, to live full service lives.
0: Yeah, I think it's so important and I love doing this series because actually in december i asked people what topics would you like covered on the podcast and they most of the answers were all health related and i was like oh well that's perfect because i'm already doing a series on health and it's crazy that it's not something that we really think about but it's so important and the more you dive into it the more you realize like even looking back at my career, I shared my story of like not being able to get birth control overseas and like the challenges that I faced and to hear that there are people actually like noticed that challenge and addressed it so that women didn't face the same challenge as me and that we're taking the stories of women and talking about health and bringing up things that are so important that we need to be talking about. So I'm really excited that we got to have this conversation and to talk about health. Cause it's so important.
1: Me too. I mean, I mean, if we think about really like, if we don't have our health and I don't want to use the cliche, like, Oh, you know, the, you know, health is wealth, you know, type of thing. But if we think just in general, our health and everything that encompasses what health means, right. Um, are we well financially? Are we well, you know, professionally. And so as soldiers, We're not immune to those things, right? Like there's no part or aspect of our health that shouldn't matter or shouldn't be important to us. And, you know, being able to, like I said, whether it's getting birth control to, you know, in places that we need, Um, thinking about how our TMCs operate, you know, most of the time it's about, I want to patch you up with the minimal thing that I can, and I want to put you back into service. Well, you know, this program is about, that's great. And we want our women to be and stay in service, but how do we make sure that we're not doing a disservice to them when it comes to their own, you know, health and well-being? And so that's what I I love, you know, about this is that, you know, without our health, with anyone for that matter, male or female, without health, without good, optimal quality health, you're not doing much of anything well. <laughs> you're not serving yourself, your family, your communities, let alone, you know, our country, uh, in any, you know, significant capacity. So I yeah, I think that's we have to make sure that health for everybody, you know, has to be a priority. And when women, because we sit in so many places and wear so many hats, right? When we can be healthy, we're typically also going to make sure that those around us are also going to be healthy as well.
0: Yeah, thank you so much for being a guest on the show and sharing a little bit of your story and then answering all my questions on how you can be prepared for what military life throws at you.
1: Yes, now thank you so much for having me. It was truly, truly a pleasure.
0: Thanks so much for listening to this week's episode. I want to thank Healthy Women for sponsoring this three-part series. and. If you haven't had a chance to listen, you should go back and listen to all of the episodes in the series and start with Mental Health in the Military, which is episode 217. And then we went on to Reproductive Health, which is episode 221. And then this week's episode, you just listened to, so you don't have to go back, episode 224, was the last week of the series, focused on missions, trainings, and deployments, and how to prepare physically. And if you're looking for more resources around women's health, go over and check out Healthy Women's Ready Healthy and Able program that has so many stories and so much advice and resources that can help you in your journey to military life. So I really just want to say thank you for listening and thank you again to Healthy Women for sponsoring this series.